Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Imagine your first shift at a new job and you get stuck in a gigantic building by yourself. You start seeing ghosts. Is it real or is it fake? We're going to dive into the movie Last Shift right now. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Horror Movie Reviews. I, as always, am your host, Rob Coakley. Joining me, as always, is Dave Wilkins. Hello, Rob Coakley. I'm so happy to be here. And, of course, we have Jesse Wilkins with us, looking like a hot dog. How are you doing, Jesse? Soaking wet hot dog right now. I'm just outside in the rain. Just a soggy dog. Just soggy, soggy boy. right now. This bit is soggy boys. <laughs> yeah, some soggy boys. A hot so dog. slide down the throat easier. So, mm. now mm. I meant to start this off. Not wow. Whoa. And it actually is going to be our last shift. So, thanks everybody <laughs> for listening to the ghost stories. Um, no, we watched the movie Last Shift. This was a request from the Discord, I believe. So, we checked it out and we're going to review it. But before we review it, as always, Dave Wilkins, why don't you hit us with a synopsis? A shout. Last Shift. 2015, directed by Anthony Blassi. After rookie cop Jessica Lauren has been assigned the last shift at the transitioning police station, she must wait for a hazardous materials crew to pick up biomedical evidence. However, the shift turns into a living nightmare. So this is one of those few horror movies that have earned the prestigious 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And while I don't agree that this is a perfect movie, I did like it overall. It reminded me a little bit of 1408 in the sense that she's essentially trapped in this building, experiencing increasingly sensational and terrifying things. Uh, there was a lot of tension that resulted in a lot of really effective jump scares. Jump scares are always like make or break it for me. If you do them well, it's going to get a good score overall for me. And if you do them poorly, it's going to get uh, less of a score. So this one, check in the... Uh, in the green column for the jump scares. I liked them, most of them. So I definitely do have some issues with this movie, but overall, I thought it was a pretty fun horror movie. Very jumpy. Mm. Jesse, initial thoughts? I wanted to like the movie. I never quite got there for me. I thought it was decent. It was different. I'll res- I do respect that. It was very different from your run-of-the-bill horror movie. I feel like maybe it was trying to do too much, but it was enjo- it was enjoyable. Like I, I enjoyed it through and through. I think there were some scenes where they could have capitalized a little bit more. For example, when she got trapped inside of the cell with the homeless guy, I thought that was going to be the rest of the movie. And I thought that would have been pretty cool. And maybe you couldn't do so much inside that tiny cell, but I feel like they kind of let her off the hook a little too early to make, to get the full potential out of that scene. So maybe I think one of the negatives with this movie was that they had a hard time fleshing out this character with her being just confined in this police station. If you confine it even smaller to a cell, 
I don't think that this is the type of movie that that would have worked. It happened. You're, you're kind of comparing it to like phone booth with Colin Quinn there. Colin Quinn. Colin, Colin Farrell. Quinn. Colin Farrell. It was Colin it's a whole Quinn. different movie. Oh yeah, comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> phone booth with Colin Farrell. That worked. That was an effective movie, but I don't yeah. think it would have worked with this one. And I think that one of the the reason is because this movie struggled with a lot of the character dialogue. That's why they were forcing that phone call, like that phone on you. There was, I think. 18 different phone calls in this and that was them just trying to conjure up some sort of character dialogue because i don't think that although i thought the actress did pretty good i don't think she was a strong enough actor to deliver a performance that would have been required for this type of movie so i don't think long story short i don't think that confining her to that one self for the whole movie would have worked out yeah i'm not i'm not saying that's really where i thought the movie should have gone i just thought maybe that would have been an interesting concept for a movie, but I also feel like if that's going to be your whole movie, they would have had to have done that a little bit sooner. So it was something I, the, I had a homeless guy would have had to been a stronger character too. Right. Like he, he didn't seem capable of the dialogue really is what I would say. No, I don't, I would, I would agree with you there. And it was honestly the, the homeless guy was another one of the issues that I had with this movie. So, I mean, I don't want to get too far into the issues before Rob gives his take, but there was a lot of stuff in this movie that I felt was either crammed in where it was unnecessary or it's possible that they cut too much of it out to get that 90 minute runtime that I think they probably wanted. So I think that that, that homeless guy was possibly part of a symptom of one of those problems, whether it was either too sloppy of, of a job writing or they cut too much and ended up not making a whole lot of sense. Right. I'm not sure if like I missed something with the homeless guy to where he ended up being more important in the end, but he was doing a lot of things that seemed like it was leading somewhere and then it kind of didn't. So it was, it was an interesting take. Uh, it was kind of a funny moment when they're up on the bookshelf or like the evidence shelf or whatever, and he's throwing papers off and she climbs onto the shelf to tase him and restrain him. And she throws him down on the shelf. And she's like, get on the ground but they're like seven feet above the ground. I don't know why I found that so hilarious because it just wasn't the ground, but I don't know. And what else are you going to say? Get on the shelf. Get on the shelf. <laughs> I do like they conveniently did a hard cut after that because as, as she's like tasing him and handcuffing him on top of that seven foot shelf, I'm like, how is she going to get him off of that to get him back onto the ground? And they made sure they didn't show you that. They, they just showed her coming out of the room with him. So just, that was just rolls him off. I, I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, you get out. She's like, hop on my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to see that whole movie. We missed that whole part of the movie. Yeah. Um, so before we completely spoil it, I will remind everybody that this is like all of our reviews. This will be a, a spoiler filled review. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want it spoiled, make sure you take the time go check out the movie. And uh, then you can come back here and finish the review. Also, if you enjoy this juice, drop a like and uh, hit that subscribe button. Yes. So good thing you said that because I'm going to jump into two points on this movie. I thought it was a good movie. It just felt like something was missing. And I can't even a lot of times I can tell you I wish they did this or I wish they did that. And I can't even tell you what it was missing for me in this movie. I thought it was very predictable at the end as well. So the, the number one thing for me was they were setting up this cleaning crew. And as soon as she started like firing her gun and, and to all of these like quote unquote cult members, and she had been hearing these phone calls or dad talk, 
it was obvious that the people that she was shooting was the cleaning crew like 100 100% no no hesitation i would have i would have put my life on it that that's the way this movie was going with that right so other than that another problem that i had with it is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie it but it lacks logic and it kind of took me out of it a little bit when the other cop comes to check on her right so the other cop comes he's checking on her and they're having a conversation and she finds out that theoretically he was there with her father the night that she died that he died like in the line of duty and i'm sitting there and the reveal is when he turns around you see that as the back of his head had been blown out so he was actually felt like the sixth sense right so it's it's her seeing a ghost my problem with this scene because i actually thought it was a strong scene is she would know it was a year ago she would know what the other cop who her father's partner was she would know what he looked like at the at the very least maybe but maybe not they did kind of cover their tracks and say that the that she couldn't get any details on the case so maybe she didn't know who his partner was there's no way that they couldn't get all the details on the case, but there's no way that it wouldn't have been reported that these two officers died. Like they, they can't, you can't oh, write true. around that. Okay. You cannot write around that. I so, thought you were saying that she wouldn't have known who his partner was, but she would have definitely known that another guy died. Yeah. That's right. So she, and that image would be in burned in your head, like who all the, all the people from this tragic night. So great scene but takes it out for me because of that. They did cover their tracks on one of the things that I did think was a problem. The other thing I'm thinking throughout the whole movie is if this were to really go down, if there really was one last night for one person to basically one of the cops to be a security guard in the old pre in the old building with no phone calls coming in, the most senior cop would be the one to take that, not the rookie. Hey, you're not going to put a rookie on a desk job by themselves for their first shift. You're going to have them with a partner going out and getting accustomed to being a police officer. Secondly, the old guy is going to be like, that's my gig. I ain't going out and doing anything. I'm sitting my ass there for eight hours. The way they covered their tracks was smart though. Basically they go into dialogue about how over the last year, everyone in the, in the building had been seeing ghosts and had progressively getting worse so that they wouldn't actually want to be, in that building by themselves so at least they cover their tracks on that one because i at first i was like this doesn't make a lot of sense it still doesn't make a lot of sense because why what is the scenario where they would need oh the hazmat thing that's right okay i was going to ask why they would need both to be open simultaneously why wouldn't they just close one but they did with the hazmat situation right right Right. so they they kind of cover their tracks with that one one of the scenes that i had a problem with that i i actually kind of laughed a little bit was when she's walking down the hallway and the ghost guy shows up with the bag on his head behind her. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like floating and like he looked like a wacky waving inflatable arm man guy for a little Are you bit. talking I'm about like, when he like slid in the yeah. yeah in the frame and then just yeah. like this is was I will, so hilarious. It was yeah, not one of my favorite scenes. Well, it was because it was funny, but <laughs> There's almost no situation where I'm like, man, they probably should have used CGI instead of practical effects there. This is the exception <laughs> to the rule. Those practical effects looked really stupid. Obviously, he's just really being pulled bad. up by some sort of a line, and it just looked really mechanical and silly and not scary. 
And the way, yeah, like you said, the way that he was walking down the hallway was just goofy. Not even that. I mean, like, how did they look at the scene where his body is sliding into frame, like (laughs) from from the hallway? How did they look at that and not be like, "That's not scary," and that's actually dumb as shit? Like, it was the most. (laughs) It was the most un un scary thing I've ever seen. It's just like a drunk dude, like sliding over while everyone else is doing shots. Like, Hey, 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 I'm still awake. Pour one for me. It's just like, <laughs> it was, it was so laughable. I was laughing my ass off at that scene. This is, this was kind of my problem through the movie. And it's like, I don't know if it's because we're seasoned on watching horror movies, but a lot of like, and I kind of disagree with you here, Dave, a lot of the jump scares and a lot of the scenes that they meant to be particularly scary, I was literally laughing at. And out of respect for Seth, who requested this movie, I was like, I'm not going to audibly laugh out loud, so I have my mic muted. <laughs> but I I was laughing at a lot of, the, probably the majority of the scenes that were supposed to be scary in this movie. And it does take some points away for me because it, it just didn't hit the mark. I don't know if it was just the bags over the heads thing didn't strike me as scary they they kind of looked like they were like gelatin on their face at some in some scenes. It let me let me clarify what I meant by the jump scares because actually the the makeup and effects have nothing to do with what I meant. I meant the the jump scares were well done in the sense that they used them as they were building tension throughout the movie. So when the jump scares did come, they were more effective. Whether it was a goofy looking monster or not, it doesn't really matter. My point was more on the structure of the movie and how the jump scares were incorporated. Right. One other point on that too is we were watching this movie, you, me, Seth, and Discord all together. So obviously you're taking that element of possible fear somewhat out of it. I think that that might've had some effect on it also. I thought the jump scares were pretty effective and pretty well uh, fleshed out. Yeah, I did think they were timed good. It just, it didn't hit me like other horror movies hit me with the jump scares. So the the story of this, I actually do find a bit compelling. And like I said, there, there are good elements to this movie. The fact that we're dealing with almost like a Manson-like cult, like a like a um, Charlie Manson situation, mm-hmm. where they are killing a bunch of people, they get brought in, and it turns out they all take their the cult takes their own lives within the the precinct, and after that that place starts to get haunted, right? So very different in the sense of like, I like that they went with like a, you know, we've seen movies on a similar vein with hauntings and all that stuff, but the story as to why this place was haunted was very unique. And I haven't really seen anything done like this, especially in like a police station. So I do like the idea of what they did here with that whole thing. Like I said, a lot of it I did like, but some of it just missed the mark and it just felt like it was missing some gravita. Like maybe I would like that the main villain was explored a little bit more. I know that we like to keep stuff a mystery, but I think sprinkling a little more about that guy in and just giving us more backstory on what they did. The phone calls I thought with the the female victim from one of them was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. thought the payoff wasn't great where she ends up in there. She's laughing on the phone. Kind of saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. But I thought that the, the initial calls were pretty effective. Like the fear that you would be feeling you're not supposed to be getting any calls. And now you got this girl calling my other problem. 
I guess I guess to your point, Jesse, they said that she couldn't get any information about the case. So that's why she wouldn't know the name of the girl. But I again, I think you're going to report the names of the deceased in that case on the news. You might not get all the details, but they're not going to withhold names of the dead. Like you just can't do it. Like it's just so I'm, I'm a little yeah, back a and case, forth on some of these logic things that she that right. they kind of played with a case like that. The media would eat it up and with the death of a cop. I mean, those things are handled. They immediately release the name of these people in almost every situation. Right. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but as far as I know, it's like, okay, you have two different sides of the spectrum that the media will absolutely eat up. The death of a cop obviously would be a tragedy and they they would, they would put that out there. And, you know, we saw one close to us and people are still driving around with like, you know, bumper stickers with his name on and everything like that. So, they would want to pay those police officers the respect of of putting their names out there and and vilifying the the person that did that and then in the other on the other side the media eats up this cult murder stuff like crazy and you know you think back to the you know everybody knows who charles manson is and in in that story and every time you have a cult that kills anyone or has any kind of thing or the the giant suicide packs or whatever the, the media is all over that. So I don't, I find it hard to believe that they would have not shared this information. And also I feel like they missed the mark where the second that she is alone in that police station, she should have been digging through files to look up what happened, what really happened with her father. Well, those I mean, are all gone. What they would have already, they already moved all that. The only thing they didn't move was the evidence. Oh, kind of just like nonchalant evidence. Okay. No, but, I mean, has, still- hazmat evidence. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they did touch on that. Okay. Yep. So that I mean that makes sense, but but yeah, I mean like overall, I think a, an effective way to do that phone call because it's it's real easy. Instead of giving the name, you just have the girl keep saying, "I don't remember, I don't remember," because that becomes a little bit more creepy, like almost like she was brainwashed or she was whatever. If she just kept saying she didn't remember her name, and then at the end, maybe revealing the name. And the and it's just hitting the the police officer, right? So just picture that. And as soon as she reveals the name, the phone hangs up, and then she turns around and she's there. Boom. The only I, so that makes sense logically, but not. I don't think it makes as much sense as far as how the movie's designed. Because if if you're having that name drop be an oh shit moment for the cop, it also has to ha- be an oh shit moment for the audience. Otherwise, it's not an oh shit moment. So unless we knew that person's name then that scene wouldn't be as effective, I think, as if the cop just learned the name and she knew what it was, but we as the audience didn't. Which I think you can do multiple ways. You could either you could either float the name earlier in the movie somewhere, or you could have you could have her reaction be, wait, I know that name. That's from the night or something. I don't know. You could have some dialogue there and you could solve that issue really quick. But yeah. I think it would be more effective. Like I just think it would have been more effective than I don't know. I think I had to do a lot of logic breaks in this movie that just didn't need to be there is is probably my biggest problem with the movie. And there's like two or three big ones and a lot of small ones. Yeah. And and there's a lot of different little small ones. So it's a great premise, though. It is really a great premise. It is it is a watchable movie. I think it is slightly enjoyable. Like my score is going to be better than two point five on it. It's a bit better than mediocre. But I do think that this, I mean, you said it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels a bit off. 
but I do think that there's a great movie hidden in here somewhere. Like you know, there is, I mean? and I feel like the, their biggest flaw here was probably leaning too much into the haunted side of things, where there's just constantly something going on. There, there was tension building, but kind of in the wrong way. So they probably could have leaned a little bit more into exploring the case, whether maybe she came on the force and maybe she had somebody at the other police station that she could be relaying case info back, back and forth. Like maybe if she was actively trying to solve this case, it would have made you more invested in figuring out the case other than just relying on ghosts to tell the story. And if they had broken it up a little bit where literally every scene, something haunted is happening. So it's, it was just, I think a little bit too much for that short of a movie. And if they had spaced it out a little bit, take out 50% of the the haunted stuff that's going on and add a little bit more of explaining the case. And I think that you have a, a very good movie. That's kind of, I think you have heart. a different movie. So I think that's, that's a, that is a pretty, that'd be a pretty large adjustment is to completely change the whole, it would change the whole tone of the movie. It would almost be more like a detective thriller at that point than a straight up ghost story, horror movie. So I don't know if I agree, although that might make a better story overall. I don't know if I like it for this movie. I Maybe, think that, but I mean, if you take if you take out 50% of the hauntings, you still have a ton of it because it was hauntings in every single scene. The I don't vibe, know if I want to take that much out, but I right, think you can explain it better. Right. Take, take a, or take some of it out, but it, it got to a point. Add where, five minutes. It's an hour and a half. Like I know we always say to shorten movies, right. add five minutes of material just five to 10 minutes explaining more of what happened and showing a little bit more and making the killer, the main villain more like you just see more of him and understand more like what his, his deal is, how show him doing a ritual, right. To, to haunt the place or some shit. You need five or 10 minutes to do that. You don't need to take out 50% of the hauntings. You just need to add a little bit more story. An hour and 40 is going to be fine for this movie. Exactly. And I love hauntings and I love the, the paranormal aspect to it. Obviously that's who we are, but at the same time, like the vibe that I got from watching this movie about, you know, 45 minutes into it, it felt like she was walking through a Halloween haunt. Like it felt like there's something popping out from every single corner. And the, mm. even some of the jump scares felt like that. Like there was one jump scare where something just jumped out at them. And I was like, that literally feels like something that you would walk into because it's, you know, practical effects and it's somebody in makeup. And it just felt like you were walking through a relatively corny haunted house attraction. And that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I also think that some of the practical um, practical makeup effects weren't the best. I know that they're working on a budget, and that's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. I think that also will take out for your to your point when the when the makeup effects aren't great. There were some decent ones in here, but I think there was a majority that weren't the best. And when they're not the best, that's going to take you out of it even more. Right. There were some scenes that were better than others, and there were some scenes mm-hmm. where the I agree the practical effects really hurt it. But there were, I feel like there were some things in this movie that were like one there for no reason, or two like they put it in there and meant to come back to it, and then maybe that scene got cut. I know this movie was intended to be longer, and they did cut a bunch out of it. They even changed the name. I forget what the name was going to be, but it was something like I don't want to get it wrong but it had something to do with like the Pyman family. And then they just changed it to last shift. So I think that they also probably cut a lot of the scenes out of that. And then you're, and you end up with random stuff that's in the movie and you're like, wait, what was that? And I like doing this sometimes because as I say it out loud, I sometimes solve the problem in my head. Like, Oh, that's what it was. But a couple of them were 
early on in the movie, she's on the phone with her mother and her mother's like, I have something to tell you. She's like, mom, I got to go. It's my first shift. And then she gets off the phone. I was like, that's going to come back. It didn't like the, like her mother called again, but then she never addressed what yeah. she was talking about. So that was just a weird thing to have in there that kind of led to nothing. And then when she gets in there and the cop is acting real weird, like slamming shit. And then, Oh yeah. He straight comes up, straight up like, Johnny Depping his cabinets. Yeah. And then she's like, she creeps up to him. is like, hello. And he's like, turn around and walk down the hall, whatever it was. It was random. And they never, oh, yeah, yeah. like, what did that, what came of that? Why did he tell her to turn around? And what why doesn't he know her? Right. That's another problem for me. Like they don't have to have like a huge relationship, but if he's, he's older, he's worked at that station for a while is what we've, what we've established. So he worked with her father. Yeah. So they at least were at the funeral together or something like there's or gotta least, be some, at least he would see the last name and be like, Oh, are you, you know, they're familiar would, in some sense. He would know exactly who she was and who right. was coming to relieve him from his shift and take over that shift. He was the person who was in charge of that. Right. He would have known exactly who she was. Right. It was. And, a, yeah. And they acted like they had never met before. And, and there's no way they hadn't met at some point. So like, and to your point, even if they hadn't met, he would know that it was this officer that he worked with's daughter and, you know, that's never how that scene would play out. It just would never play out that way. So, yeah. No, there were a bunch of these plot holes, even in the end, the very end, when uh, there's no closure on what whether she's lived or died, which I don't isn't a negative for me, but it was kind of like something that feels like it was left out. Like, so which, like, which way is this movie going after the end credits? Like, what happens to that character? Did she die or is now she going to jail for murder? I think... Well, I do like the ending and I like the way that they ended it, although it was kind of predictable. I thought it was a good horror movie ending, but why? Like, I just feel like they they left part of it out. Yeah, to go back to two different horrifying situations. One, you're dead. The other one is now you're going to jail for homicide, a triple homicide. Exactly. So maybe they went for the uh, big question mark at the end. And that's kind of the angle they took. I do want to go back to the phone call with the mother, because this is actually my first problem with the movie, because this is kind of how the movie started. Didn't sound like an older woman on the phone. Sounded like someone that may have been younger than the actual actress. I was like, that's immediately like, what the hell? <laughs> it doesn't sound like some women don't sound old, you know, when they get old. But uh, but to me, it was like, all right, just have an old lady make the phone call. It's that simple. I, I think it was a little bit too ambiguous at the end too, Dave, because what I what I remember standing out to me is what he said in when he was calling in the situation. He his initial call in was that he had an officer down. He didn't report everything else that was going on. And we didn't hear everything that happens afterwards. We don't know. So, like, is he covering it up? Like, is that is that his play here that he's covering up what happened? I don't know. Like, because you do have the out because you had the woman who broke in and was, like, upset that she wasn't there the night because she was part of the cult. And she took the woman, she took the officer's gun and, like, killed herself in the station. You never really get closure on whether or not that was an actual situation that happened or part of the haunting. Because this haunting was all True. a whole bunch of things that you don't know whether it was really happening or it's just part of the haunting and she sees it. So that was one of those things that I think needed more clarification. I have no problem with ambiguity in a movie if it's done in an artful way. This mm -hmm. one, I feel like it was not done in an artful way and it left too many loose ends in a movie that was already not put together in a particularly effective way. Yeah. And there, the whole scene with her seeing the woman outside 
that conversation was just for an exposition dump, which I kind of mm-hmm. hate like that. They do it for like, that's the reason they did that particular scene. It's just like, all right, I know why you're doing this. Yeah. Like you're not doing this for any other reason than for this particular reason. So yeah. Or they're just looking to jam more dialogue. in, like Dave mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yes. Dialogue. They struggled with dialogue in this just because, yep. and that's why that stupid phone, literally 18 phone conversations in this whole movie, maybe more. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of going to wrap up my thoughts on the movie. Does anyone have anything closing before we get into some scores? Uh, the last scene I had a problem with was the spinning chair scene. I laughed out loud at that stupid oh, scene. Oh, dude, that scene was awful. Like, uh-huh. like she's in the room, and the one that killed me is the one that like took her out. It's like, there's no way. That chair wasn't going fast enough to take you out like that. Like, And you would, you would know. It was that, and then the other one that made no sense because at this point, like confirmed this place is super haunted. She's seen some shit that you cannot explain and cannot be a prank. And then she's, she opens the door and then within a fraction of a second, she looks back and all the chairs are stacked, which is, you know, happened in a few horror movies. And then she's like, okay, you guys are messing with me. It's like <laughs> that was, that what was the one thought was going to yeah. be a prank. <laughs> that was it. Not like cabinets shifting or, you know, a shitty bathroom or whatever, but like, like that, would be the best pranksters of all time. How, how, how would give me, give me an hour. I can't do that. Never mind. A fraction of a second. Like, dude, it was just so, it was like, what a complete silence too. Yeah. She's also si- kind of a dick too, right? Because she, she locks the homeless guy in the holding cell after they have that encounter in there. And she still mm-hmm. locks him in and just leaves them. Like you were in there. You saw some shit with him. Like, what do you, that's, that's just me. Just kick that guy out and lock the doors. Nah, in fairness, he already pissed on the floor. I'm not letting him out. Yeah, but they, that was also like that whole, that guy was there just to set all that stuff up. And, and that also felt like not the way that would have gone down. You needed to give him, why was he going through whatever he was going through? What was he looking for? Why was he in the police station Yeah, after she had already kicked him out? Like, Again, like you said, Dave, they cut out a lot of shit, so maybe there was a bit more backstory with him to explain it. And I'm never one to be like, let's let's add more time to this movie, but this movie probably needed ten more minutes. It probably needed it. the The last eye roll scene that I'll mention was all the lights go out or something scary happens, and she starts like reciting like the policeman's oath or what. Forgive me for not knowing what it was, but she oh, starts. Yeah. It wasn't the Miranda rights, but it was like an oath that you would give or something like that. But she mm-hmm. starts saying it out loud. Like, dude, have her say the Lord's Prayer or something that somebody would actually say in that situation. No one's going to read that. Their... I hate it. It's, it's just I didn't hate it because it, cause it's it's her reminder as to why she's doing what she's doing. So sure. that's why. She, and you would just add, as somebody that had to do this once, not for the police, but for the military, you have to learn like this whole thing. And you have to repeat it over and over and over because you eventually have to say it. It is so fresh in your head, especially if it's her first day going yeah, into fresh out of the academy or whatever fresh out of the academy that like that shit is like ingrained in your head still so she's probably just doing it because that's what she knows and she's no i, un- I understood why they do it but it, uh, my eyes rolled into the back of my head because they rolled so hard in that scene uh, i will say I, that like they're doing the doing the we'll, we'll wrap it up but doing the police station thing was very interesting because a lot of times when you have characters who have a gun strapped to their waist and pepper spray and handcuffs and all this it's kind of like a sense of security while watching a mm-hmm. horror movie where you're like, oh, thank God the person with a gun is there. Now it's a little bit safe. But they did a good job of mixing in scenarios where she loses the gun as well as scenarios where she's just a rookie not 
handling a situation the way she should handle it. Obviously dealing with the paranormal is something I don't train you for, but at the same time, it's like she got disarmed enough times in that movie where it didn't become ridiculous. Like this chick just can't hold onto her, her firearm. But at the same time, it was like, it also removed that security blanket of being armed in those scenarios. So I thought that was pretty cool the way that they did it. Because it also adds an element of fear too. Cause now the gun, like this one scene where the gun was like vibrating on the table. It's like, mm -hmm. what, if that, what if it goes off? Yep. Mm. So, so it actually was, added an element of uh, discomfort. Yep. Also, that was a good, uh, good observation. Thought it was actually a pretty cool part of the movie. Any closing thoughts, Dave? No, and uh, we we I feel like we went real heavy on the negative stuff because the negatives are always more interesting than the positives. But I liked this movie more than I didn't, despite some of the things that I thought were wrong with it. I thought it was a fun, definitely a good Halloween time movie. Not that it took place in Halloween, but you'd watch it during Halloween. And uh, it, it was just, it was a fun horror movie, jumpy. Hmm. Anyone want to give their score out? I got it at 3.7. All right. I have it at 3.1. I think it's just above, I think it's just above average. I think there's just too many logic flaws for me to go a little higher than that. But I do think it is a movie that you should watch. If you're like, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it. But if you're sitting there trying to debate over which horror movie you want to watch, I do think it has enough in it to be a, an enjoyable experience overall. Yeah, I'll go, um, I'll go 2.9 on it. It's just, yeah, there was, there was too many negatives for me to go over three, but it's over the halfway mark for me. So, you know, I don't regret watching it, but it's not a movie I would watch again. Yeah, so I actually think I think it's decent. We're all relatively on the same page on this one, which is never fun. It's always more fun when <laughs> when we're screaming at each other over it's, these things it's a lot of fun when we all hate a movie and we can all just collectively shit on it but it's definitely more fun when one or two of us really likes the movie and mm -hmm. the other one of us or two of us absolutely hates it but you know we're fair and balanced here and we don't pretend to hate a movie if we actually uh think it's decent i think it's a scenario where we all think we're it's pretty uh pretty decent movie i don't know if yeah. it's a hundred i don't know where rotten tomatoes is coming from with a hundred percent like this is yeah. perfect this is a perfect movie. Nobody, none of you who gave this a hundred percent watch this movie and be like, this is a perfect movie. You're, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. So with that being said, it's still pretty good and it's still watchable. Let's go over the patrons real quick for our VIPs. We have Allison V, Dakota G, Jeannie R, Jennifer P, Lisa J, Michael B at Blake, Mom and Pops W, Robert H and Inspires Gaming. For our, our Warren's Wards. We have Amby Rose, Anna C, Kath Q, Chris C, Cody G, DC, Donnie N, Elizabeth Young, Lily, Jake V, Janice G, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, Sarah Cook, Steph A of the COTS, Stitch Kitten, Sydney B, the other Rachel B, Al Capone. And uh, for our Ghost Pirate Mafia, we have Al Capone's poorly taxidermic. Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied corn dinosaur. I'll never get that right on the first track. We have Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife, Alicia E, Anthony Character Limits Be Damned T, Ashley M, Brandon W, Brennan, Rob Loves Ice Cubes. You know, I've noticed with this with this list of people that have like the really long names, it's only the bottom tier. Yeah. Anyways, we have Catherine McSlugs, Crystal Quinn, Huska Castle, Huska. Huggy Bear, Joe R, Carrie Lee J, Mark M, Michaela T, Mina H, Mariah M, Nick, Nuthouse Nick. Queen, Paul from St. Louis. We have Pork. 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 We have pork. Ray N, Sam from the Paul, Sarah R, Scotty L, Solar Flare, and the Big Spag Nasty. As little as $3 a month, you can uh, join up. Bonus episodes, early access to all of the horror movies. Those are always up early. So, uh, as well as other bonus content as well. Spooky season is coming, which means we are going to 
drop even more content. Aren't you guys excited about that? <laughs> Aren't you excited for more work? As if we don't overwork ourselves enough. But uh, yeah, on October 20th, we have our 100 episode party. We've spoken about it several times, but if you're in the area, Plymouth, Massachusetts, Second Wind Brewing, we will be there October 20th. So come join us. Join us. What is next on the horror movie slate? Uh, we are going to talk about it because we're going to be honestly we're going to be changing directions a little bit on the way we do horror movies for us internally but we'll tell you it's going to be something that everyone knows going forward for the most part I don't know what ominous ominous shit you just told me but (laughs) if you understood that then cool all I know is we're going to watch a movie we're going to talk about it so we'll let you know what that is this was a special request from discord if you have requests on horror movies you'd like us to watch drop it in discord and we will uh, eventually watch it or not. I, who knows what Rob means? Like, <laughs> we'll watch it. I'll tell you what, for patrons, even if Rob takes us in a direction where we're, I don't know, God knows what that meant, but, but then, you know, we'll, we'll do it and we'll drop it on Patreon, maybe. Or not. I don't know. Rob's the boss. So, 